0: I
1: think One Nation's been the only consistent political party for the last 20 years. They're not talking about you. Well let me tell you, One Nation
2: is talking about you. It's like the media's run away from One Nation. They're too scared to ask us any questions, mainly because we're
1: straight talkers and we've got the answers.
3: This is like a call to arms. You guys need to start making the real decisions and who
1: you're going to vote for. All right, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the X Candidates podcast. I am Stephen Tripp and I'm joined by the gorgeous and ravishing Rebecca Thompson and uh, Mr. Zara from MacArthur, the champion of Campbelltown, Adam Zara. How are you guys going today? Very good, Stephen. Enjoy How it. are you going? i'm i'm very well thank you and thanks for everyone who uh, have stuck with us we had a, a few audio issues with the last mm-hmm. podcast even though it was very interesting with uh, dr harry's on so we'll have to have dr harry's back in the future just to uh maybe with some better audio but we're very very excited this evening because uh we have a man that's on here uh, a special guest uh in throughout the campaign you meet a lot of interesting people um and uh you meet some interesting characters and you also meet some inspiring people and this man was very inspiring to me during the campaign he definitely uh stood out as uh you know so, um, you know a man of integrity and uh someone that really wanted to help australia and uh that is mr colin grigg how are you colin
2: good thanks steve great so you you,
1: you yeah no our pleasure so you're the uh one nation senate candidate for new south wales uh you're also a pastor and uh, a councillor at lake macquarie council correct yeah got it got it in one yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, good to have you on
3: colin good to see you again you helped me out with my campaign as well i know you came out to to little old Campbelltown, and uh, you did a, a a nice meet and greet for me at uh, one of my functions that i had so it was good to have you there um we we prayed and we got prayed over which was very nice and uh it was a very good experience so um, i'm glad to see you again
2: yeah great to see you too adam we just uh we feel linked to you guys and you know there's a bond there which has just uh been formed that's one of the things i love you know like i'm counting the fact that uh that i didn't get in and and uh there was it wasn't much of a result the fact that the the friendships that i made and you know i and and you guys stand uh, standouts to me too so uh we just love being with you and and look forward to you know staying staying uh, in touch and and being together at least uh, at least you know like once every three months or something having a bit of a get together on different locations so yeah fantastic and love being with you too rebecca down in camden that day that was fun
0: that uh, was fun I and i remember you calling me was it the night of the election or maybe the day after um just to check in on me and see how everything was going and um he had me in tears at the end of the call there's oh, just something sorry. really special about, no, there's something very special about who you are. So it's been awesome to get to know you.
2: I just have that effect on people, you know, they, I make them cry.
0: You do, but like <laughs> in, a, in, a positive, in a positive way, not tears in a negative way. Tears of
2: joy, tears of joy.
0: Yeah, and just like that feeling of being comforted and supported, it was, yeah, it was nice.
2: Well, that's great. That's what we wanted to do and that's what we want to continue to do is, encourage you guys because you guys are the future you know you guys have have got um the years in front of you um you know I've got a couple more maybe but you know Mm. we'll see how we go and uh but you know you young guys you know you're awesome and I just I just love you so much and uh you know you're going to do great things in this life and always always aim you know always aim for the sky and and step out and You know a tortoise has to stick its neck out to make progress so um you know we have to stick our necks out if we're going to go forward so taking some risks not stupid risks obviously but you know stepping out there and challenging challenging the um the negatives you know and turning them
1: we're definitely on the path and we've got some big plans ahead of us but just reflecting on your campaign what were some of the highlights
2: well, I think the biggest highlight I just mentioned, which was meeting uh, you guys and others, it was wonderful to get around and just meet people. And, and, and we wanted to be a source of encouragement and, and lift people up. And you know, we, we uh, believe that life is positive, even though things didn't go the way we hoped. I still think that the election was very positive for the Freedom Parties. And I don't know whether you heard but apparently a Uap guy got in in Victoria in the Senate yeah. so um, and Pauline's back in which is wonderful mm, but' thank I'm goodness. not I, I'm not discouraged I think that you know you've got to you've got to get known you've got to get out there and and that's what I would encourage you guys to do right now is to stay out there and I was it made me my heart leap madam when you said you want to get back to campaigning and I think we just keep campaigning guys that's what we should be doing and um and encouraging one another and you know um i was very encouraged with the stats that the major parties only got like 65 percent of the votes or just over and so it's the first time the aec has had to do a recount because they had to they usually uh, expedite things and just give all the preferences to liberal or labor and I started to get suspicious about this two-party preferred mm-hmm. word and, uh, and think there's more to it than just a word. And I think oh, it was, it was borne out when they had to do recounts in half the seats to, uh, because they just, they just put preferences in places where they shouldn't have done. So that, that's, is that corruption? Well, it's, it's, uh, even if it's a mistake, it's still a bad mistake and shouldn't be made. But, yeah, so... I, I, uh, the thing is, we've got to wake up the other 65 or, you know, I like to say 70, it's a nice round number, but there's still 70% of people out there who don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to vote. Uh, In my my tripping around, you know, visiting you guys and visiting other places around New South Wales was, was a great opportunity. But in a lot of places, I was just explaining to people how to vote because they didn't know. And I think that in itself, uh, is a strategy that the AAC were running to and continue to run because every election, state and federal, they change the way to vote. And you've got to catch up on how to do that. Now, uh, I think last time I heard, I could be wrong now, I haven't heard lately, but a couple of weeks ago, that, that over half a million people um, voted informal. Um, and that's also counting those who didn't vote. Um, but the fact is, is that, it just proves the number of people who uh, who didn't vote or who didn't know how to vote or, you know, and, and to me that's that's a big problem. That, you know, even, even with the, the six above and 12 below the line, uh, I'm sure there would have been people in there who put six above and then 12 below, you know, which would have made, made the voting formal. So it's too confusing. Uh, they should just have one method and stick to that one method all the time so people know what to do when they get to that polling booth and to me it's just it's just a strategy to confuse and you know confusion uh just just can can send things just the wrong way and i think that's what happened in many many cases across that election
1: i think when it comes to informal votes if you can see that there's an intention to vote you know potentially they might not you know have all the preferences filled in but they might just have the number one there or something like that i think that should be enough as long as they Uh, can show yeah
2: yeah Yeah. look in fairness that they do do that okay Uh, in fairness if they can see an intention what you intended to do then they'll count it but um okay yeah well that's what i've been told by people who have worked on polling booths and i've talked to a few interesting yeah so I was of the opinion that if you just put a one above the line, that that wouldn't be counted. But obviously, if you just put a one above the line, then that par- party would have got that vote, but then that vote would have been dead as far as preferences go. Um, but that's but that's fair enough though, because I think if you did put a one, at
3: least at least that one vote it counted once.
2: Yeah, and it doesn't oh, yeah. matter
3: if it go if it goes dead. Then that's you know I was thinking like it should be probably. Even in the ballot, even in the House of Representatives, if you put a one somewhere, that should count. And then if it goes dead, then it goes dead. That's your preference then.
2: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. You, you could have put a one in, a, in, in one person's name below the line. That would have counted. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But once that person, if that person's vote dies, then you don't get a second choice. You know, when you put number two, that's your second choice yeah and and etc etc up to 12.
1: yeah did you learn any lessons uh if we just look at one nation how we progress as a party in the future what lessons did you learn from this election for us going forward
2: definitely uh one nation needs to um get its act together with supplying materials um there were people who i know i won't mention names but did not get their material and i only got mine a week and a half before so no. you know it's it's just not good enough uh, now you're a know, senate candidate so you got to distribute that all around new south wales i know mate you should have seen me in the last week <laughs> <laughs> and i mean you know um pre-poll was going so there wasn't that many people who were willing to distribute um but you know thank god i had people who from from out Penrith and Bathurst Way, who distributed my posters out through the Blue Mountains and further out west, you know, right out to Bathurst and and uh, and up north of Bathurst and stuff. And I had uh, I had some good ones going out around here, but obviously not enough. And because of the ghost candidates, I couldn't visit those places um, because there was no one there to visit. And by visiting, if I had done that it would have just been showing that there's no real candidate there. So I, I decided that I wouldn't do that because it would put perhaps people who would vote One Nation off um, and it was a way that was not illegal, but it was uh, just a bit questionable, I think, on, on what One Nation should have done in that case. But going to every seat in Australia and then... Um, with six people in the office I think (laughs) that's that's, uh, a little bit ridiculous um and but I think you know learned that lesson and Mark's assured me that that it'll be a much better run campaign in in uh, March next year and if we're up and ready to go candidates decided by October Um, although that might just be the beginning of the process but we need to be up and running you know very early so i'm hoping it's all done by october and and that gives us a full six months before the election to to have our stuff and to be running with it Uh, and not missing out and being last minute that was that i think that's the most disappointing thing that happened um i don't think it was totally negative but i i think we could have done better there and calling up you know head office and asking for or asking where's your order and saying it'll be sent on Monday and then a couple of Mondays pass and you still don't have it. (laughs) Um, You know, it's it's disappointing. But I still believe that One Nation has the best uh, conservative policies and one thing that I think we beat all the other parties on was our policy booklet because I went to many meetings where no one had policies that they could show anyone. Um, And they said they had policies, but uh, yeah. So I could go on, but I I won't because there's, there there were different circumstances and different things that happened. I had an argument with a lady from IMOP one day, well on election day actually in the morning at a booth um, just across the lake here. And, uh, And she was with IMOP and her her leader i can't remember his name but he said they only had basically one policy and that was that was for no injections and you know to protect the body and that sort of thing but this lady got very upset to me set with me because a guy came along and said your party to her your party only has one policy and she said no we have 40 policies and uh, he said, "Well, there's only one that your leader has said," and I just turned around and confirmed that, and then she got very upset with me. I, didn't, I actually apologized, and I said, "I didn't intend to, to insult you. I just was agreeing with the guy, and because that's just, that's exactly what I've heard." And so, and the
0: thing is, that's all that party's known for.
2: I know, yeah. Then, and, and nothing else. Yeah. At
0: all.
2: Yeah, I I, I didn't apologize because I was wrong. I apologized cause for upsetting her, and I. I said it, look I had no intention of upsetting you I just that's that's what I knew that's what I understood and you're the first one to tell me you've got other policies
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. well you know you, you, you hit the nail on the head about the policy brochure because it's highlighting that one nation does have policies to to be a national government like I think we had better policies than any of the you know major parties included the biggest problem I found was the lack of media exposure the media just didn't want to Want to cover us and let us get our message out there. And as you know, we went down to the Spit Bridge that day with Mark Latham to announce a a policy to alleviate the the congestion in in Moringa, and not even one media outlet turned up, despite sending that uh, out to over 130 media outlets. So, what other?
2: Then the Daily Telegraph picked it up. Was it the Daily Telegraph? Two weeks later. Two weeks later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but at least it got picked up, and you got a bit of a profile there before.
3: So Before I was, the election Go sorry, ahead. so i was also accused of only being a one policy person or party and i'm kind of like well okay but then we had um a, a family law re- reform we've got that we had that booklet with 40 policies in it that we all that as a candidate you all believe in because otherwise you wouldn't be a candidate for that party okay we're not not encyclopedias we don't have knowledge on every single topic but you read through the, I know I read through them all and I agreed with all of them that's why I signed the dotted line to become a candidate in the first place mm-hmm. and then I had not only did I have um the three federal policies but I was also um because my uh, I was also petitioning for or to raise awareness about um, a second hos, a public hospital in the greater uh, MacArthur region which you would have heard me always was um alan jones says that you you say it till you're sick of it and then people start to listen and um so um so i was every time i went anywhere or spoke publicly it was always about the hospitals we're also fighting for a dedicated children's hospital our incumbent um is a what was a pediatrician until he became a um a a member of, of parliament and you know, the most he asked, the most he was fighting for was a, a diagnosis clinic in, in the hospital that's already overrun. I mean, they're, they're ramping, they're still ramping um, ambulances. So, yeah. it, you know, like we need a hundred percent need a second hospital, public hospital, and then why not put a, de- a dedicated children's hospital in? I mean, that's, that was one, you know, I had about three or four policies on the fly and was still accused of being a single policy party. So... Yeah. You know, yeah,
2: look, it's that's why we need more time. You know, um, I think I think get an opportunity to do that. And I think we, yes, we need to seek opportunities to get in onto media and probably more so TV if we can. But um, so we need to come up with with some controversial issues and, you know, pound the, the desk or the table or whatever you want to call it um, with those things and like Steve just I know it was you Adam I think um Alan Jones saying keep saying the same thing and that's true just in church you know you've got to get you've got to say the same thing 10 weeks in a row before people start to hear the message (laughs) and it's that's just the that's just the way of the beast you know it's it's uh it's just the way that people are and you know there's a lot of i'm sure you know i'm not telling you guys anything because you've learned this in the election is that a lot of people just couldn't care less you know and and Mm -hmm. that's what we've got to try and work on is is making them care and we 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 did it through the the freedom parties and that sort of thing but we've got to break through in a bigger way because really we were we're preaching to the choir you know um when we were doing that and it was great. It was nice to be at those things, but we weren't reaching the other
3: 70%. I think we need to utilize our big hitters, our big names, Um, you know, like Mark Latham is an absolute Titan. Like he is a Titan in Australian politics. Mm. So I think I, um, I have spoken to state manager or state director about it as well. And I think that something like using him um not only because he's the best educated politician in the government um but you know he's also quite popular and i think we should be able to you know i think we i think the party needs to utilize the big names i think with senator hansen with um senator malcolm roberts um we've got you know mlc rod roberts and mark latham um those guys should be on the we should actually form like a team. So I think if if they I think and I think um, this is something that I'll, I'm going to push also in a few weeks when we have our um, shutdown meeting um, is that if they're going to if they're going to do um, like um, like an on site kind of like press conference they should give us a few days heads up or something like that and the people the candidates running should be there. We should be in the background. We should be on TV. We sh- we should be showing showing us as a as a, a real force. Um, mm. I know that um, Rebecca and I um, really did team up. Our campaign. We did a lot together, and people yeah. saw that. People respected that. Not only do not only would my volunteers help her, her volunteers help me. Even by simple things, by spreading the message, You're getting double the broadcast just from people sharing stuff. Um, yeah. So I've got friends on my page that are that are from her side, and she's got friends on my page that are from from my side, and it's kind of like um, I think that I think they need to utilise that much much more, because um, being a minor party, teamwork is everything. the 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 majors the majors were copying us in the end. Um, I know that my candidate and the Hume candidate for Labour started copying our, our strategies they would they would do the live feeds and they would do meetings and stuff like that they were they were monitoring us we were, we were told that they were mo- they were watching us yeah well, so that's um yeah i mean it's a compliment but it, i mean you know it only got us eight percent but i know we're building but yeah. we still need to um i think we need to jump on the bandwagon of the big names we need to use them
2: absolutely yeah and i think uh one of the things that was a downer for this past election was that Mark Latham and Rod Roberts had to be in Parliament right through the, um, the pre-poll, so they couldn't get around. Uh, I wanted Mark to come to Lake Macquarie, and uh, he's done it before. I've had him in church, but um, he just said, look, Cole, I'm sorry, but I've got to be in Parliament. I can't, I can't be around. Uh, he and literally ran out of time, and half of that was probably my fault because I hadn't lined him up early. But uh, you know, he went out. I went out with him to to Dale, McNamara's out out at uh, Hunter, and spent a day with him, and that was good. Um, I you know I was in the background when he was talking to NBN up here, and I got I got to say something, but they didn't use my bit. So, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I got a bit of feedback. Oh, I saw you on TV. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I think that. I think we've got to get that lined up, and I think in a couple of weeks when we go up to, I think we're there on the seventh of July, so it's not far away now. Uh, we don't even know where we're going yet, do we? Um, I, I can't remember. Top right. secret, yes, but I'm so not we'll, going to we'll, announce we'll, it we'll, publicly. We'll keep it secret because we don't want gate <laughs> crashes. We want to a yeah, good. No, okay. This is not a private conversation. <laughs> it's
1: going I'll text out you afterwards,
2: Colin. <laughs> I can hear I can hear the Pink Panther playing. yeah yeah exit stage left (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: so um uh, oh sorry you go
1: ahead Rebecca go
0: I just had a question for Colin what is it that you think we need to do to sort of break the loyalty that these voters have for the major parties I mean for me in my area we're a blue ribbon liberal seat it's a safe seat by 13% Mm -hmm. and Although the feeling for me out in the community was I had a lot of support, it's very much a conservative electorate, uh-huh. in the end he still got at least 40,000 primary votes. And I just wonder, like, what else could, like, the major parties do to sort of get these people that just, you know, can't seem to break away from the, that loyalty they have? What, moving forward, what do you think some suggestions are for us to sort of to tackle that?
2: Well, I think we've got to prosecute the case. Um, you know, we've got to be out there regular. We've got to be prepared to work um, mm-hmm. to get in, and not just not just at election time. We've got to realise that we need to be out there now. You know, we need to be out there today. Um, and uh, I've already been to a couple of meetings since the election. Uh, not big meetings, but just talking to to you know twenties and tens and stuff, and and encouraging them to. To, you know get out there themselves because what we've got to realize is we, we are leaders in this new new thrust and not see ourselves as as lame or dumb or you know just useless and have no attention. What we've got to do is work hard enough to shame the press into coming and seeing us. And what I would love to do, and um, I'm hoping that we can start doing it from this meeting in a couple of weeks, is is just and adam you're alluding to it before but but forming just groups that meet regular and perhaps in on you know forums like this and we just talk and we share our ideas and we encourage each other and we brainstorm on things that we can do news items and stuff like that we've got to be continually looking at the news and seeing what issues are, are people passionate about and we've got to shake the you know shake the the doors of the the media down and and get press from them but we've got to be a little bit different to to the kind of people they are and and we got to have the issues a little bit of an edge on the issues so that's where probably mark could do a lot of a lot of uh give a lot of assistance to to us to be able to know what we should home in on i mean like like you said before adam that you know mark's got the attention of australia and um you know he's just he's just a real key guy out there
1: and one of the um ideas that adam and i have is a one nation candidate calendar <laughs> so <laughs> where we all you know it, you know adam can be okay. uh you know, <laughs> <Generalitarian>. <laughs> yeah Were well, you in on that colin you want to be part of the calendar <laughs> i um, one, I'm one question. Have to on. take my clothes off, mate. It won't win any votes, believe me. <laughs> well, you were elected for local council in 2016, and I hear mm-hmm. all the time real change happens at a local level. Uh, you hear that from global bodies such as the United Nations and World Economic Forum and even the Greens, for that matter. They really focus on influencing, influencing society through local governments. Um, in yeah. your experience, is this true, and would you encourage more people to enter
2: the local government to fight for freedom and Australian values, yeah, look, I think local government is a great great place to start um, if if you're going to get in, you only have to convince the people in your local area local government area and um, i was I was blessed to get in on the first time I ran, which was a bit of a shock, and then then got in again last December when there was another election um, for a second term, so it's once again, it's being out there and showing people that you care. And, you know, even in the ministry, you know, as part of being a pastor is just showing people that you care. You can't always fix the problem, you know. and I mean, you're not Houdini. You just can't go out there and fix everything. Uh, Thankfully, a lot of things you can. But if you follow people up, like I had a a constituent ring me just the other day and, and I was actually driving back from uh, Taree, and he got on the phone. I was actually heading to a council meeting, that's why I was coming back. And he was jumping down the phone on me. You know, you know, they're putting, they're closing my road, and you know, no one's answering me, and I've had no consultation on it. I have a business. He's a he's a guy who who makes dentures for people. And he said a lot. Most of my my clientele are elderly people. And you're going to close the road, and that blocks one end of the road, and people are not going to be able to park, and all this kind of stuff. And look, in this case, I was able to help him because I took it to council. I got the attention of the staff and and the mayor, and the next day we had a meeting and decided to invite these guys in for uh, for consultation. Now, uh, it doesn't it doesn't hurt just to just to you know get together. And go and visit, and I think that that's something in the ministry that I do as well as visit people and say how are you? You, know, you. you don't have to always change the situation, but you just show that you care, and so that gets votes. And if if we can, you know, we've got to get outside of the boat. You know, we've got to get outside of our our own little four, four world rooms and and be out there in the marketplace and. Even when there's not an election, you know, putting up a marquee or something at a at a local, um, uh, you know, community day when there's when there's a feast fest or there's just a market, and and having having a stall there and handing out booklets, handing out policy booklets or showing people the policies and and handing out some even some if you've got some left some of your uh, your DLs or something, just to to show you there and and your business cards. I mean. Um, there, they, I know they would have federal electorates on it, but you can easily redact that and um, and you know tell them where you where you're considering running next time. You don't have to tell any lies about it. You just have to say you want to run, and because you love Australia and you want to make a difference. And there's a lot of people if you can just communicate that 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 would would uh, be attracted to that because. And we've got a lot going for us in the fact that, okay, I'm not an experienced politician. I haven't been around for 20 years. And, yeah, there's a lot of things I don't understand. But one thing I do understand is that Australia's been ripped off and that's why I'm running and I want to make a difference. And people, I th- I think people are interested in that. They're, they, My campaign in the 2016 election was, Uh, because I had a guy saying don't vote for this guy he knows nothing he's brand new I've been in for 17 years you know and he was standing in front of me and saying this to people and then I didn't mind that because he kept pushing in front of me every time I stood in front of him and uh, but people would I I just decided I'd stand behind him instead and just as they're coming past to say yeah look I know nothing but man you know that's why I'm running I just want to make a difference and uh, and you know I was winning votes, I was winning people over, you know, and that was about the same thing. It's not no different really to what we did um, with One Nation, although I was running as an independent. But yeah, so just just you know being there, turning up, showing people, it is a commitment, and um, but it's it's something that right now we don't have to be doing twenty four seven, but we should be out there regular and and talking to people in the street you know going down to marketplaces and just talking to people you don't really even have to do any more than take a, a business card with you and um you know if you don't have a business card you ran out or something just get some more from VistaPrint. there it's like it's so cheap it's like 16 bucks i think for 250 cards or something it's just ridiculously cheap i have so, a on
3: everything i've got stock I've got stock of everything still. I've still got two boxes of DL flyers. I've still got a box of um, how to vote cards. And I think I've still got a whole heap of business cards left as well. So I'm good. I just,
2: I just be, I can just flick them out. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, you can't claim you're a candidate now because, you know, that's all being rescinded. But it's all done. You can say, you know, I'm, I'm, I intend to run and I'm hoping to be pre selected. Um, for what's your state seat there?
3: Uh, Campbelltown.
2: Campbelltown. Okay, so uh, yeah. you know, start, start, start now. You want, you want to win Campbelltown, well, and yep. The other thing is, it's a bit like a game of soccer. Mm. Just mark your man, mark the, the guy who, who's um, who's resident in in the parliament, and and try and pick him, pick him apart. <laughs> you know, like you said about the hospital. I mean there's a there's a great one um you should go to the paper with that you should write a, a a press release and send it into the paper now they might not print it but the other thing we need to do is up here is is uh, call up the local paper and ask for an interview the other thing here is also the uh, it's now now our area is not easy it's labor dominated right the hunter but but you know i i got in the paper they rang me um, and I thought, yeah, yeah, you won't even print it, but they gave me a really, a really fair show, you know, like I, I was impressed. I thought, buy for a Labor Party paper. Um, I, I was expecting they'd be bagging me somewhere, but I was saying, you know, we need to sack all these, all these mainstream parties and, and, and let new people come in and drain the swamp and in fact get a new swamp, which was one of the things I was saying a lot, but yeah, it's 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 getting attention and it's uh, if you know people who are in in the media uh or you can befriend people who are in the media and that's another thing you can do ring up a reporter and get to know that reporter you know like um hound them until they give an interview
1: <laughs> now one th- you're not just a politician you're also a pastor and now one of the, th- one of the things I've found extremely interesting is the correlation of Christianity and our system of government, uh, which I always took to mean, uh, you know, well, sorry, uh, you know, Australia is kind of considered a Christian country, which I always took to mean, you know, there's just a lot of Christians here, but it's not actually that it's, it's more that Australia, our, our system of government, our system of law is based on the teachings of Christianity. That's right i feel and i I don't know if you you know i'm interested to see if you agree with me but a lot of the attacks on christianity that that are happening is to discredit christianity because Mm -hmm. once once you can discredit christianity and get it out of the way then you can have a field day with government because uh Mm -hmm. you know the whole idea you know with us you know uh separation of powers and constitutions and uh basically these things that protect us from human nature once you take that's all based on christian teachings that's because right. yeah, christianity is basically saying that there's no king there's no queen there's no laws there's no one person that can be above anyone else everyone's equal under god so that's a lot cool. of and, and uh, you know i'm not going to claim that i'm a religious person i'm agnostic but it's just so fascinating to me to see where the where our system of government has been based on those teachings of christianity and i feel that christianity is being attacked and discredited and just absolutely. so yeah just so they can go after you know western uh, western governments and western society so how do you feel about that
2: oh, i think you hit the nail on the head mate i think uh you know australia is it's its constitution is more christian than america you know we uphold america's constitution but the australian constitution is far better written than what the american one is um, and that's why these guys attack it because uh, they don't want Christianity to be around because Christianity holds them back. Now, if I get spiritual for a minute, um, there's every 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 battle uh, that I've ever faced comes down to one simple thing, and whether you whether you agree with me or not, this is I'm convinced this is right. It's it's Satan versus Jesus, and. Uh, you know the left are uh, atheists. Um, they they believe that you know all us Christians are just idiots, and we believe in fairies and stuff. Well, you know what? If you believe in climate change, then to me, uh, you believe more in fairies than what Christians do, because at least we know Jesus was actually a person who was on the earth. You know, um, and and they. they there, uh, it's you know some people, and I think rightly so, call it a cult. It's a cult. Um, it's a belief because you've got to have a lot of faith to believe in climate change because there's no evidence it's even happening. So they make up the figures and they convince themselves. And you know, someone oh, at this Canberra the other day in this conference I was in was was uh, coming against a motion to have nuclear power stations built in australia because the energy is so cheap but they're saying oh you know no it's so expensive and you know it's going to be like ten thousand dollars a kilowatt you know if we get i mean how on earth they just talk garbage you know and uh I, i can see that you've read at least part of the constitution steve by the way um because you know what it says about king queen nobody can overrule our constitution, and that's what's happening. They're trying to, they're trying to keep people ignorant, so that people don't know what our constitution is. Uh, the UAP in this election, we're talking about the Bill of Rights, and I kept saying we don't need a Bill of Rights. We need to know our constitution because that is our our defending document. And if we, we that's, I think if we start there, we need guys to read the constitution it's not a hard document to read it's it's written in common law which means the average guy on the street can understand it and do you think um... people understand what separation of powers is no i think i don't i don't think people understand a lot of stuff um i think that if we can get the constitution into our schools like the americans do Mm then they're not going to be able to, to do these things because people are going to understand the Constitution. And like you, Steve, you're not a Christian. Um, you call yourself an agnostic and that's fine. But you also, like Mark Latham, he, he says he's an atheist, but he believes in the Judeo-Christian ethic that we live under and will defend it to the hilt. Because so, you can't argue against it, really. Well, at the end of the it's, it's, it's the only true freedom that you can ever have is to live in a Christian country, a truly Christian country. And yes, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't call Australia a Christian country anymore because there's a lot of people are turning away from God. And yeah. uh, you know, part of my mission is to, is to be able to demonstrate who God is because he's not some figment of my imagination. He's real. Uh, we, have, we have people healed of cancer, uh, broken bones, all that kind of stuff in our church all the time it's a regular event it's not like it happens once in a lifetime or once a year or anything like that uh just about everyone in our church has had a miracle of some kind and so they have a testimony of of you know doctors being agape you know with with shock on on seeing that people got healed of cancer and people get healed of broken bones and uh one lady she was said to have cancer in her ovaries we prayed for her she went uh to have a keyhole surgery for it and uh, they did scans on her just before they did the operation and the doctor came back and said she'd already had a pre med. This is how close she was to have the operation. And the doctor said there's no need for us to operate. We can't see that you have a problem. Hmm. Wow <laughs> so, that's amazing. Yeah, so they kept her in another couple of hours till the pre med wore off and and um and she went home. But, you know, that's, you know, you, you, know, you can say it's coincidence and, and, look, in some cases it may well be. I'm not, I try to be a realist and, and you know, not try and convince people of things that aren't true. But, but you know, there's undeniable evidence that we've had, you know, and, and you know, the, the Apostle Paul says in the Bible, he said, I came to you not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came to you in demonstration of the Spirit. And by that he meant the Spirit of God and um and he did signs and wonders and miracles with the Corinthians. So you know it's I, I can't deny that God is real because I know he is. I've experienced him, I've heard his voice um, not not every day, but um, I certainly get impressions every day of what I think he's saying and I, uh, I, I I know I'm in a safer place because I serve him and I walk with him. And I one know nation.
0: That, uh, oh, sorry. Go on. No, go go ahead. I um, was just going to say, one nation. I, I found in my experience, and I think Adam would agree, we um, did attract a lot of um, devout Christians, and yeah. our supporters were all very much in into their faith and into into yeah. God. And um, I was a part of a prayer circle that the church that um, was helping Adam out um, with during his campaign, and it was honestly like the most amazing surreal feeling and i think we were one of the probably the only parties one of the only that were we were prayed over um yeah. and for so many times throughout our um campaigns leading up to the election
2: that's right yeah and look i met that part that was a guy i met at your church uh not yeah. your church your your meeting at place meeting yeah, yeah he's, was a good he's an awesome guy he, you know yeah, could...
3: father abel oh sorry uh, pastor abel and yeah. pastor pauline Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, the other thing is too is that both Pauline and Mark just just back up the Judeo-Christian ethic, and and for Christians who probably would have been more liberal voters, um, there are some Labour voting Christians, but I don't understand how you can be a Christian and vote Labour, to be honest. But um, that's their that's you know that's their prerogative, but they're voting for people who. Are against Christianity and and they're mm. devout atheists and they want to rub out Christianity. So why do you vote for that? I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, most most Christians were liberal, and they're feeling totally disenfranchised, and so they're spilling over to one nation because one mm. nation is the only is the next most Christian party. Uh, with, yeah. with just what its what its policies are. Mm. So, yeah, and and like you said before, uh, Adam, I think it was. I just agree with all the policies. Um, I don't have a problem with any of their policies. So it was an easy move for me to join One Nation. I did consider it for a, about a year before I actually joined and then ran in the election. But um, yeah, because I, I wanted to make sure it was the right place for me. So,
1: well, what was the, what, what led you to become a pastor?
2: Uh, what led me? Uh, this might sound a bit kind of, um, Hackney, but it was god um i was yeah. gonna say jesus right <laughs> well he he's the same guy but yeah. Uh, yeah look the day i gave my heart to jesus was the 5th of october 1975 you guys weren't even born then wow. uh, <laughs> right. but um that day i knew i was gonna be a pastor so it's uh, it was a funny thing but it's like it's like you find your purpose for life Because we were all created with a God-shaped void. And only God can fill that void. We try and fill it up with money. We try and fill it up with cars, houses, men, other men, women, you know, like whoever, just respecting the female side of things there, Rebecca. But, you know, uh, the only true fulfillment is God. And it's like marriage has failed today because people marry uh, a wife or a husband because they think that it's going to fulfill them. But what you have to realize is that if you lean on that person to fulfill you, they're going to disappoint you and the marriage is going to break up. But when you have God, who's the one who fulfills you, I don't put any pressure on Debbie to be anything to me except herself. And I don't want to manipulate her to be somebody that she's not. And I think if I can, if I can. Um, just express one thing that a bit of advice my mother gave me before I got married uh was don't marry the one you love marry the one you like because <laughs> because if you can be friends you can be friends for life but you know you can fall out of love and um and it's not that I don't love Debbie don't get me wrong I love it a bit but but um, I certainly like her as a person and and she likes me hopefully I think she does she spent 33 years with me <laughs> <so>.
3: <laughs> and she followed you around and she came, companioned you around uh, new south wales while you were campaigning as well uh, she worked pretty hard with you as well
2: yes she did yeah oh, she's awesome she's she's my right arm you know she's incredible and uh yeah I'm 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 just stunned by the way she Got in there and drove me everywhere, so I could use the the car like an office and call people and you know type notes and stuff like that and make appointments. So yeah, she was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Do you guys have any uh, more questions for Colin before we start to dive in s- into some topics for the week? Um, uh,
0: I oh you go Adam.
3: Oh well, no, I was just gonna say I just wanted um no I'm I was go- I was just saying that we're happy to go I'm happy to go into topics but Rebecca.
0: I just wanted to ask quickly about um, with your um, s- s- sermons. Has has the passion and the content changed since the election? When you do your sermons, Colin.
2: Look, I, I'm blessed to have a church that of people that really probably uh, could all be one nation members. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: <laughs> and 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 candidates. Um, <laughs> I I don't I don't push it down their throat, but I, I do point out what I see happening in society. And um, uh, I don't know whether you're interested, but if you've got time, there's a Facebook page called uh, New Hope Church, K's Beach. And um, it's got my sermon on it from last Sunday, which I thought was very pertinent to the time and the things that are happening. Now, you've got you to accept that I was preaching it as a pastor and from a spiritual point of view. Mm -hmm. um because see the bible says we don't fight flesh and blood we fight principalities and powers and i I honestly believe that it's it's the spirits that are out there that we're fighting and they get into people and but see a spirit can't can't work without a body to work through and Mm -hmm. um and you know because jesus loves the church and loves christians satan hates them and so steve what you said before about you know it seems like they want to rub out christianity that's that's the battle the battle is as i said satan versus jesus well the, All the right. last uh, election
3: the last ele- the, the federal election just gone um a lot of people <clears throat> even people who were agnostic or atheists were even saying it feels like a spiritual battle it yeah. felt it felt deeper than just voting for red in blue or yellow or orange it just felt deeper it actually felt like and in the end you know i don't know how the party that won won, but at the end of the day it did feel quite spiritual and i think even spirituality in me i'm catholic or i've been catholic my life but even the spirituality side awoken awoke in me even more. And when I was looking at like, people would go, why did you start running? And why did you decide to become a candidate? And I was like, I didn't really have an answer for it. And then I realized um, after the fact hindsight's 2020 is that you, that I was led down this path. Maybe yeah. I'm, you know, stupid enough to put my head out there to, to be a, a nail that sticks out to get hit. I don't know, but um, maybe I was, you know, I, I just have the courage to, to talk, in public or something like that but you know it, there was a series of events that happened and then i could only put it down to um god's work actually in, in the end of the, at the end of it being um catholic and spiritual i actually said well i believe that i've actually i feel like the first time in my life that i was actually led on a path yeah. that jesus has lit yeah and that was that was the honest that was my honest that's my honest opinion of why I would have, I mean, my business was flowing. I've been busy nonstop. It's been crazy. And yeah. um, and to pull up roots and just say, you know what, that's it. I'm only working two, three days a week. And then the rest of it's going to be for campaigning. Um, you know, like it was a big thing. So, but I felt like I was I was led that way. And I just yeah. wanted to say one thing as well. My favorite probably line or favorite parable, whatever, I'm not sure the terminology is, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. Yeah. And I feel like that is a rule for everything that you do. I think even I think I think political leaders should also. I think they should have this on their mirror or in their in their, in, the, in the in the front of their diary or something every day, because I don't feel like that they're treating us the way that they would like to be treated. That's right. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah.
1: I, you
2: Spot know. well on. I mean, they think they they got the right to attack and pull you down and and that's what it's all about it's just if if, and this is why we need to know the constitution this is why we need to be up on the issues because the left they've only got one agenda and the problem is is that when they attack people who are christian or conservative-minded which is what all of us are anyway regardless of christianity um They're going to want to pull you down because you're an enemy. But what we have to do is understand the the battle is to pull you down and the whole strategy is to get you to back off real quick. But when you come back with facts, they have no answer. They haven't thought it through. They're dumb. Someone said to me once, the devil's dumb, Cole. And I said, right. (laughs) But when you think about it, they don't have... A lot of brains they've just got one thing they want to do and they think there's this utopia out there that we're holding back and they believe it you have got to understand they believe this uh and that's that's the whole the whole premise of of why they're so belligerent because they think they've got to bring in this new world order and that everything's going to be better you know there's, there's this utopia that that you know we're going to get and you know albanese believes that and so do all the labor people and the greens and you know how about adam brandt uh, bent the other day you know removing the australian flag i mean he should be sacked i oh, 100% sacked. agree with that and the lydia thought Thorpe, lydia
0: thought Thorpe out. Yeah.
2: yes or that's right
1: denies
0: that's right. being an australian
3: you yep, should be cool. calling him out they should be gone
1: yeah speaking speaking of uh of uh the devil being dumb uh, this is the article here. Well, you know, it's a good segue. We we're just about to bring this topic up when uh, you mentioned the colon. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's he's even recoiled uh, when a miniature flag was uh, handed to him
2: on Australia Day. Like, how sick is that, really? Oh, mate, he is—he's evil. I mean, that's that's the true interpretation. I'm not trying to to just disparage. But that's what he is. He's evil, and what he stands for is everything against everything that we hold precious here in Australia. Now, here's another one: L- Lydia Thorpe,
1: yeah. the uh, the Green <laughs> Senator, who's uh, who said that she's her aim was to infiltrate uh, the Parliament. Now, you got to understand: this woman is on the salary of two hundred twenty thousand dollars per year yeah. of taxpayers' money. Now, that's not just white people's money or every you know it's, it's every uh, race color and creed paying tax funding her her uh you know her salary including aboriginal people who are paying yeah. tax
2: now yeah. and, and that's, Steve, Steve that's that's before allowances that's just what they that's, get that's in, minimum yeah. that's right yeah and as Ben Sorry, Fordham
0: mentioned earlier in the week she was quite happy to upload photos of herself in the um club lounge area of Qantas.
1: yeah Qantas club lounge i saw that mm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: so if she's really against uh being in parliament and she's only
2: there to infiltrate well why is she still accepting the the money just that's right yeah, yeah. If, she's, if she's if they truly believe this is the thing and and it's not hard to see through it and people this is this is what's in our favor people are seeing this kind of hypocrisy and 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 they're fed up with it how many people i'm sure were saying to you during the election campaign that that they're really worried about what's happening they're concerned about the way Australia's going so you know don't be discouraged people are waking up and we had you know to, to win over the the freedom parties to win over like 30 percent of the people um in australia is is phenomenal so don't think that we lost we haven't lost we're just getting started yeah do you feel
0: as though do you feel as though this needed to happen this outcome for the election needed to happen in order to maybe shake people up a little bit more
2: yeah hopefully hopefully that's what it'll do i'm i'm uh i'm watching very closely obviously as you guys are too albanese and what he does have you heard what they're calling him Um, um uh, what, what is Anthony overseas No, uh, yeah, he's, he's
3: gone. We've, we've spoken about that actually in other... Or the As Aussie since-
0: Biden. Yeah, the yeah. Aussie
3: Bi- he's, Biden.
2: He just, he's just left uh, Australia again to, mm-hmm. uh, to go overseas. So that's his fourth trip, you know, since he's, he's been in, what, four weeks. So, yeah, incredible.
1: So uh, yeah. another one here, uh, mm-hmm. another uh, interesting uh, topic is um, this here. 25 billion dollars to uh install another flagpole on the sydney (laughs) harbour bridge yeah uh you know uh how can they how can they justify this really and uh, and i know another company has come out uh in in the meantime and said that they i think they quoted 600 or seven hundred thousand dollars to install it how does this get to 25 million the money's going somewhere right
2: yeah, mate, it's just another uh, – it's good because it's another example of the corruption that lies in the Liberal Party. Um, and then you see Barilaro was offered a – what was it? $500,000 a year job overseas that, that he created. That he established, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think, so, You know, sorry. I mean, it's just wrong. Sorry? I think
3: it's a slap in the face to original, Aboriginal people.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, I think I, – I've done work in um, – in Redfern, in the block units um that has a high indigenous um population or did when i was doing work about oh it would have been over 10 years ago now um i mean there was water cascading in the building that they that that people were living in like you know i mean surely you know some of that 25 million dollars could have gone to really benefit the people i mean i understand the symbolism of the flag, and, and I, you know, I can appreciate it, but surely the um, Indigenous people would prefer um, the funding, you know, to actually directly go to making their life to, to making a, 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 a difference to their life, because yeah. looking, I don't see how a flag flying on the um, on the Harbour Bridge makes any real difference, you know, to 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 the Indigenous um, population and their and their plight
0: if you and follow just into price you'll see what the real needs for the indigenous community are that's yeah, right. yeah. i'm going to research
3: just into price just a little bit more i've just started to um after um the lovely uh, senator hansen was on um on uh, actually alan jones the other day on adh and right. um and she did um speak highly of uh, Just Enterprise, price and uh, yeah. and yeah and it was, it was amazing uh, it's somebody that I want to start researching on as well because, um, it seems that you know the understanding and she really does, you know, have her feet on the ground and, and really does know what um, the indigenous population needs and, um, you know, is what and what that and, and has her ear to the ground of like what they're actually asking for.
0: Well, she was born in Alice Springs and she lives in Alice Springs, unlike Lydia Thorpe, who's been brought up in the city living the high life, so she's got no and, idea.
3: Hates yeah. white, hates hates white people basically, and her father's white, apparently, according to um, um, Senator Hanson was saying the other day
1: on the TV. And where does it all lead? Like she's talking about infiltrating the parliament, but then what? Is, isn't that not? Wait, separate, what what, what was she trying to achieve? Like you're going to bring monitor the, the colonisation.
0: What was it to monitor the colonial system? were her yeah. words.
1: So yeah. what's what's the end game? Like this she swears is, allegiance
0: it? to our to our parliament, our parliamentary system, but she rejects being an australian
1: well
2: she thinks she's, she's a revolutionary mate the greenies think they're revolutionaries and they're gonna they're gonna overtake and you know they're gonna rule but yeah you know, that's, that's fine what but what,
1: what it doesn't seem to
2: lead anywhere like okay it doesn't it doesn't lead anywhere like
0: this division that's
2: you, it you ask you ask any greenie or or labor left person what this utopia is they're talking about they can't tell you mm. oh they'll they say that
3: when um They'll just say that it's um, you can charge your cars at night using the solar panels on your roof. That's what they say. That's their utopia. I mean, it's it's based yeah. in nothing. I mean, I, I I didn't argue. We debated. I debated so many green, um, you know, um, flyer like volunteers when I was actually um, on election day. When I went to most of the election booths, you know, and just you know, the, the, just the the it, they didn't even know. What the percentage of carbon was as a percentage in the atmosphere? Yeah. yeah so no. they're talking about how carbon's the biggest baddest thing in the world. No, don't even and then know. I said to the guy, "Okay, what is the percentage of carbon? Or what?" And he goes, "Oh, what is it, tonnage or percent?" I said, "Percentage um, in the atmosphere." Oh, I don't know. I'd have to research it. I said, "Mate, you don't have to. It's point zero four percent." You know. So it's not even. It's not even. It's not even a high blood alcohol reading. Okay, I think you lose your licence if, you, if you're a P-plater or something like that, but a regular driver has 0.05. So it's yeah. kind of like they want to get rid of that to make the world better and then yeah. starve the plants so that there's no more... So they can't even eat their food. They don't even eat meat, so they can't even eat their... Well, not all of them, sorry, but, you know, they can't even. They won't even grow plants because there's no carbon in the air that actually grows plants. That's right. So, that, you and know, know it's, it's
2: carbon. They need carbon. So the
3: utopia is going life. to be... processed food Mm. uh, artificial sunlight and living in your um basement looking at your computer um charging your devices
2: off batteries did you hear about the greenies mission to the sun no
0: no i missed
2: that one they they decided to go at night (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one that's
1: That's awesome (laughs) All right, let's jump into some questions because we've kept calling over an hour. So um, we'll go to Instagram and Jemima. Uh, she asks, "How does how does he balance church and politics? Does he do uh, what does he do about the whole Christians have to support refugees argument? I've heard he's a pastor, so I'd assume he'd have some helpful advice."
2: Yeah, uh, there's two questions there, so I'll answer the first one first. And um, I got asked this a lot on the campaign trail, but the fact is is that um as a as a pastor i care for people and as a politician i care for people i'm running because i care about the future of our country and you know i i could throw my arms up in the air and say well you know i'm getting older i can retire now and uh you know and i can just put this all behind me and live happily on a pension the rest of my life but uh i don't want to do that i want to you know I, I i care about you guys in the future that you are presented with um long after i'm gone uh and you know i I see you guys as heroes i really do because you're not just you're not just being a you know a candidate you're standing up and having guts for people who hate you for what you stand for and you're out there being public with it and you know um these people just want to threaten and and pull people like us down and I refuse to do that. I'm not gonna do that. And I'm just I'm as I'm as stubborn about it as I am about my Christianity. It's just I know it's real. I know this is happening. And I feel if I don't if I don't step up and do something, then I'm responsible. What am I gonna say to my kids and grandkids in future days? So I think we need to put all of our efforts out there. Um, I, I I do wonder about about the counting of this election with the number of teal greens that got in, um, uh, and and even the greenies up in Queensland. I just, I, you know, how did they suddenly get popular again? It just doesn't doesn't figure. You know, like it's not not just common sense that they would have got done so well. So it's like, well, was there? some dominion machines out there with extra votes um i don't know you know i can't say yes or no about that of course but because i don't have the evidence but you know it's one of those things i've got my suspicions and i'll just keep it there on the shelf and keep watching and see what happens did
0: you see that ben fordham uh, posted up on social media a few days ago the ballot papers that they found in um the electorate yeah. for neil turner that had been dumped near the bins That just gets you wondering about that doesn't it what it where else that may lead
2: yeah that's right and we don't know what happened (laughs) we you know if it happened in america it can happen here and um i don't believe that uh that the people here are above that even though there are some that believe i mean everyone is we're all capable of corruption it's it's making a decision to not be corrupt taking the higher ground and not not taking the bribe, you know. Um, that's what we've got to do. Because what the Greens and the left are doing is buying people off. You know, I mean, companies. W- why are coal companies shutting down their coal-fired power stations? Because they're getting lots of money to do it, <laughs> yeah. more than they get from coal. You know, it's yeah. just a business decision. They're not greenies. They're just. It's just a business decision. But they they got enough money from the likes of Soros to be able to pay these people to shut down their coal-fired power stations and what were we facing last week with the electricity blackout threat um you know and uh, it's funny isn't it the matt keen is bagging everyone about coal-fired power stations then he's suddenly begging people to switch their lights off because we don't want to have blackouts and but we you know we need to get our coal-fired power stations fired up again germany's doing the same thing i'm sure you're up on the news you guys um yeah you know um china's still building more coal-fired power stations and you know like we need to take a good look at ourselves because if we're so against coal why are we selling it to china and and india you know yeah uh, who are building
0: they were asking us to monitor our power and preserve our power while vivid was on
2: yeah (laughs) yeah i know right (laughs) <laughs> see, how much how much of a brain do you need to see this stuff you know like and and i just i just believe that people they're, they're, it's deception and and they're they they do not want people to know these things and they'll fight anyone who tries to stand up and well, educate people it's, it's, funny, you so Sorry, it's funny you bring this up so it's funny you bring this
1: yeah because we've got a question from darren on on facebook what is the solution or some options for our power supply issues
2: Oh, nuclear. Oh, yeah. we've been banging on about <laughs> nuclear. We love nuclear. Hands down. Um, actually, I'm meeting with a guy tomorrow, and we're going to talk about um, uh, localised nuclear power stations so they don't have to be monstrous things. You know these little green boxes you see around our, our neighbourhoods, which are electricity uh, junctions and stuff like that? Well, they're, yeah. they're only about as big as that, but they, could, they, can, they can power up a whole suburb. You know these things and probably beyond but i'm looking more into it tomorrow i can't say too much on it because i don't know a real lot but uh i'm meeting with a guy tomorrow about that at eight o'clock for breakfast so it'll we, be should, about- we should have him on the podcast
3: yeah we'd have him on the can you talk to him about a podcast for us please
2: i'll uh i'll mention it yeah and get back to you
1: and now adam you're researching containment through the week do you want to quickly talk about that because that was really interesting Oh, Well, containment. It's just that
3: containment is—it's a built-in safety feature for nuclear, um, like fission and, and power plants. And um, what I could understand of it, obviously, no nuclear scientist here, but we had um, Dr. John Harrys on, so he was—he um, was explaining a lot about it um, last episode. So yeah. I've just continued to get information about it. But containment's built-in. So when if 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 meltdown happens due to some sort of catastrophic failure. the um, My understanding of is the uranium heats up so much that it melts through the reactor yeah. and drops down into a containment containment chamber, which is concrete and I think lead lined. Right. So what happens is it's not an act, it's, it doesn't actually, the, the uranium doesn't actually like just explode and go anywhere. So my um, when I did a little bit of research on Fukushima, those explosions that happened was because when, uranium melts down it releases hydrogen and the hydrogen is evaporates escapes up into the atmosphere and that's oh. what caused the explosion so it wasn't actually a nuclear explosion it was a hydrogen explosion
2: wow that's interesting um,
3: and then and then the, the uranium was still down in containment um so then they sent their robots down and had to assess the containment fields and all that kind of stuff um so um but that's a safety feature that's built in to nuclear power plants we've researched and had spoken on the show about modular nuclear power plants uh power stations um which were they're about the size of um container trucks yeah and they can be set up next to coal-fired power stations and tap into those lines so we don't actually have to um put out uh, 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 uh spend more money on um, transmission lines um which funnily enough with all this. Um, green and renewable energy guess what we need to run all new transmission lines so that they can tap into um so they can tap into um our power grids and there's been um the hume power line there's been a lot of uh, backlash about that one for and that's the snowy uh, the hydro two plant Snowy
1: hydro two yeah
3: snowy hydro two so they can't get the so the people are rebutting about having all the new transmission lines come through there so that's delaying the process even more um, to get that kind of power source happening. So um, I do 100% agree that nuclear um, should be on the table. I've had people, you know, send comments through, um, you know, oh, but then you're talking about radiation, this and, and things like that. Yeah, but as far as nuclear goes, um, it's a very good option that we could have in Australia. And um, I think it's something that we need to put back on the table.
2: Yeah, well, we have we have new technologies today. You know, Chernobyl was a long time ago. Fukushima yeah. is getting back there. You know, a decade or more, and and I think they're learnt from these things uh, how to make it safer. And these technologies are coming in. Even you know, like at the moment, the Labor Party is banging on about hydrogen, but hydrogen is going to be so expensive. It's going to be much more expensive. Than what uh, what fuel is now, you know, in this uh, in this time when we're paying you know two dollars up to two dollars thirty a litre, um, so and and the council that I'm in wants to be ahead in that field, you know, they're they're a bit of a groundbreaking council, which is nice to be a part of, but uh, but at first I was excited about hydrogen, but then learnt how expensive it is to create so um i don't know that, that, that that's the end i think we should just cut to the chase and go to nuclear
3: um i i agree with you there because hydrogen needs to be also cooled down to liquid form to be transported
2: yeah because right.
3: um it's it's such a fine element that it's um it actually escapes through um steel so wow. it's um it's actually can like so it's it's a highly volatile obviously substance yeah. um so it needs to be so you have to separate it from what it's always with so it's in um there's there's not much, um I know that there is I believe from what I just lightly heard today that there are some hydrogen gas stores like just hydrogen um but most of the time it's attached to other things like water like so it's attached to oxygen so that makes the h2o so that makes water um it's in I believe um, in oil or something like that as well. So they have to extract it from something else, which also takes energy. So unless, it, you know, so it takes energy to extract it, to use it as a fuel. Yeah. So you can't, yeah. it's, it's kind of like an and endless cycle. And, and I'm, not, makes, I'm not 100% brushed up on it, but that's the rough yeah. gist of, of kind of like what it is. So because it's a, it's a, it's a very volatile and hard element to, 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 to transport, you got to put it into liquid form so you can transport it overseas or internationally, um, or around the country. Um, so that's you know that that's energy. That's all energy. Whereas, as um, Stephen and Rebecca and and um, uh, Dr. John uh, Harrys discussed, was that um, uranium's in the ground. It's radioactive. We pull it out of the ground. We enrich it to use it as fuel. And then we store it in 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 special uh, facilities after it's depleted uranium. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, you know that's it's kind of like it's it's kind of like I don't believe it's, it's I think it's a it's an old technology that we should be utilizing.
1: And it's not that green sludge that comes out of the side of the plant like you see on the Simpsons. Yeah. You know?
2: Well, so, that's a lefty program. But yeah, look, my argument is. The whole rest of the world's involved with nuclear you know uh if we're going to have a meltdown then we're going to have it anyway uh and if it's going to destroy the earth then australia doesn't have to be not you know what's going to happen the whole rest of the world blows up and australia's floating around in space by itself Hello? Ding, ding. Well, it's not, it's, that's
1: no. not going to happen because look, you look at Chernobyl, only 47 people died or, or a figure around that. I'm not exactly sure that's... 37
3: it was, uh, Stephen.
1: Was it 37? Something like
2: that. Was that was
3: recorded. That was 37 recorded deaths directly related to the expl- like to the explosion.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, what we've got to realise here in everything we're discussing and the things that we're against is this strategy. It's, it's this plan that they have. And everything dovetails together, you know. The price of fuel—why did it suddenly go up when the election was over? You know. Now I don't even blame Albanese for that, but it's just another move of the left to try to disrupt and to destroy the Christian ethic, the the society that we have—that's freedom, and and it's 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 prosperous. Um, You know. There's no better. There's no better. way to run a government i mean look at poor old afghanistan they had an earthquake there what was it yesterday um or the day before and you know the taliban are now coming to the likes of australia and saying please help us you know i mean that's that's how great their system is and yet you know australia is prosperous enough to be able to help other countries. every year we don't we don't realize but every year we send millions of dollars to other countries overseas it's part of our budget Penny Wong and, just promised $50 million to go to Sri Lanka. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we we, we bolster uh, Indonesia all the time and, you know, and yet these people turn around and they're ready to attack us if we don't do what they want. But they can't live without Western money. They just can't do it because well, they when don't you have can, prosperity.
1: When you consider how much it costs to build a flagpole here, $50 million is not a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Last question. We'll just squeeze it in that's, from Sam. That's, on
2: that's two flagpoles, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's two flag. Only two flagpoles. You know what? What is everyone complaining about? And uh, sorry, Sam...
2: I didn't. I didn't answer the other part of that question. I just realised the refugee one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so just quickly to say, to answer that person's uh, second question, Jemima, is that... yeah. Jemima? Sorry, yeah, I didn't catch the name. Sorry about that. But um, I, I, I. I'm glad to accept refugees who are genuine refugees, but I'm not glad to accept boat people who have thousands of dollars to pay for a boat trip across the ocean and, and destroy Australia's method of taking refugees. Because what they're doing is they're stopping true refugees from being accepted. And I'm sorry, but that's just not on. Um, so am I against refugees? No, I'm for, I'm for helping people. I mean, hopefully being a pastor and a, a politician who cares, and that's the only reason I'm here, is, is enough to demonstrate that. But people who want to be cheats and jump the queue, no way, Jose. Uh, well said. So this uh, last question from Sam on Facebook. Is he running for state parliament? Uh, look, uh, that's not really my decision. I'd, I'd like to, but uh, I, I, like the rest of us, have to get pre selection so, if that if that happens, yes. Oh, my intention, my intention is to run, but it's it's not just just making a decision. There's a there's a process that we all have to go through. So, yep. And that would be yeah. the upper house again. Uh yeah. Look, if I run, it'll probably be upper house. I just feel that's where I should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. So so we'll know by probably the end of October. Um, All of us who are are intending to run uh, will know by then. All right. Well, uh, we want to thank you
1: very much for coming on and giving us so much of your time. Uh, You're an inspiration to us and a a leader as well. So thank you very much for for joining us tonight.
2: Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a hoot. Great catching up with you.
0: Look forward to seeing you in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, look forward to that. Love you to bits. Take care. Get your arms ready because
3: I'm coming in for the big hug,
2: mate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just wondering if I can get little lig- of f- figurines of you guys I can put on my mantelpiece and, you know, sort of bow down and worship you every day. And... <laughs> well, I tell you what. we can
0: just uh, get uh, a we're, we're... flute. We'll
2: send you some <laughs> flutes up. Yeah, yeah, I can wallpaper the, the lounge room here with uh, <laughs> with your <call> flutes.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. No, we're, nah, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're working on some merchandise, I guess, eh? So we'll get you a T-shirt or something if it ever happens.
2: Yeah, cool. Hey, uh, yeah, truly, you inspire me too, guys. You're awesome. I just I love you to bits and, you know, all the best for the future and we'll catch up in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. We love you as well. We love
0: you you too, Colin.
2: Thanks, Dale. Bless you. Yeah. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. How was that?
3: Such an inspiration. I can't believe people didn't. I can't believe.
1: I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what people want.
0: Mm, he's you know, a special soul i
1: you know. would say i would say it, it goes back to again exposure uh you know i'm sure a lot of people don't know unfortunately don't know who colin grigg is uh and hopefully next time around they do so hopefully we can get his name out there because i would feel a hell of a lot safer having um colin grigg in the federal or state parliament
3: absolutely absolutely and i tell you what i hope he i hope I hope if he gets pre-selected and then, you know, some of us got if you know, if we decide or if we get pre-selected and we decide to run, you know, I just I just I just can't see how like all four of us all together just you know just traveling New South Wales and just and just getting it getting it out there, you know, as a team. Like it's just I think that's the biggest thing about One Nation is that a lot of the candidates this time round teamed up and um stephen you you kind of came in just a little bit later rebecca and i had already formed our little alliance i'm isolated out here there's no (laughs) one around me well that's what i mean it was just like you know next time it would be so different next time it would be so different because we would just you know start campaigning like like put it this way i really haven't stopped campaigning on the odd chance or whatever it is. I just, just feel like it's just, you know, something that needs to be done. And it's not, I'm not even campaigning for me as such. I'm campaigning mainly for one nation. Just, just, I don't care who it is, who gets in or, or whoever it is. Then everyone I met was really decent, you know?
1: Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, it's all like, for me, it's all about making sure that my, my little daughter grows up in the same country that I grew up. So Anyway, any closing comments before we wrap it up tonight?
0: No, nothing from
3: me. I'd just like to, um, again, thank um, Colin Grigg for being on. And I'd like yeah. to thank, um, I, like to, I look forward to Friday nights to see you guys and it's, it's really good to do this. And I just hope that um, our intention is to raise awareness that there are good people and, yes, we are new and we might not be as polished as everybody else but we're, our intentions are good and our intentions are right. So we are trying to make a difference um, to better Australia and to bring back the good old Australian values. And, um, you know, like, you know, we're fighting for um, the Aussie battler to achieve their hopes and dreams. And that's what we're here for.
0: I would
1: agree so, with that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... um Please follow us, uh, subscribe on, on YouTube, and we're now on uh, Spotify as well, so please follow us and spread the word as well. We, we are trying to achieve something good here, so if you agree with us and, you know, think that other people would be interested in following us, please uh, get the word out there. So uh, thank you again for watching, and we'll see you next week. Good night. See ya.